Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I'm currently reading the rules to Rallyman GT because I invited Josh to a game of it, and I actually don't know how to play it. <laughs> I'm Jay, and I, I really need to reread the, the rules to um, Shatterpoint, but I just hate reading rules so much. <laughs> Although, at this point, the reread is actually... Like, by the time... I read the rules, play the game, and then go back to reread the rules another time. By far, that reread is the most enjoyable of all of the rereads, or all of the readings of the rules, I guess. Why is that? Um, I, do you find I, all the things you missed the first time? And I do kind of like, I guess, trying to catch the different things that I may have missed, or like the first time you read them, it's like... You're trying to get an idea of it, but usually you don't have a very good one because most rules are bad and rule books. Um, I'll agree to that. Jeez. Most of them are <laughs> awful. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, and I guess I should say I'm Josh, and I interact with uh, Board Game Arena much differently than my co-host. <laughs> You don't you don't read the rules. You just jump in and push buttons until it moves on to the next turn. This is factually accurate. I have, <laughs> I have, I mean that is part of what I love about Board Game Arena, and I will admit that after your brief investigation, I decided to go put in a premium subscription for Tabletop or for Tabletopia, and okay. I will probably be canceling next week because I don't know why we didn't discuss this on the Discord. It doesn't adjudicate the rules for you. Oh, it doesn't? No, it expects you to play the rules like some kind of animal. Oh, so it's like tabletop simulator. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah, get rid of that crap. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be canceling my subscription because while I do enjoy reading the rules uh, much more than my co-host Jay, what I'm in love with as far as digital implementations of board games is them doing the adjudication. Like, yeah, I mean, like, especially all of, like, the bookkeeping and crap. I don't want to have to move things around or remember or look it up if, like, yeah. No. We're, Board we're Game Arena, one-third the price, ten times the value. Yes. So that's uh, just a little a little additional investigation for all y'all. And ironically, like, I I decided part of why I was described is I picked up a game from uh, – from my uh, amazing friendly local game store, Gameopolis, uh, which is called Legacy of You, and that's U spelled Y-U, okay. Okay. which is a solo-only resettable campaign game about this like legendary Chinese hero who 
saved ancient China from floods, bandits, and something else. Anyway, I thought it looked interesting. I'd heard of, you know, basically, uh, yes, Instagram as a marketing tool, you work on me because I see reels about board games, and I'm like, well, I should buy that board game. So yeah. anyway, and I see Legacy of You on Tabletopia, and I'm like, oh, I'll just use Tabletopia to try it out and learn the rules, you to know? To learn the rules, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, no, I got to read the rule book like a, like a peasant. It's terrible. So is it sort of like a dungeon crawl? I mean, I realize it's not traditional fantasy dungeon crawl, but is it is that Legacy kind of, of you? Yeah. No, it, I would describe it as a solo worker placement game. Like oh, it's yeah, it's like a worker placement semi campaign game. It's it is kind of interesting. And like I'm like, oh, man, if this if the computer were adjudicating these rules for me, that'd be really cool. So what I mean, what type of worker placement? options are there for a, a oh it's like you know you send hero. a worker out to lengthen the canal so the area won't flood you send a worker out to uh negotiate with the bandits like you know you, so are there events and things that come in that yes you have to deal there, with? there's like a storybook which that's the other problem with tabletopia is it's like it doesn't actually have the storybook there for you to make use of so like I mean, Wait, so like, would you have to own the game to play it on Tabletopia? It feels like it. It feels like it. Which I do own the game again, thanks to Gameopolis. But you know. I, I understand, but like, that's multiple levels of failure for how much they charge you to play there. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, the other reason I had subscribed is I was pretty interested in uh, playing a game called um, Beast. Have you seen this one yet, Trevor? Uh. Uh-uh. It is, um, how would I describe it? Hidden movement. It's a hidden movement game, right? Okay. Where you're like, and the hidden movement is there is a beast, and there's different beasts you can be, like, you know, Hogbad, the giant boar, or, you know, the weird snake creature or whatever. And, and then the other players are hunters that are trying to defend these fantasy medieval villages from the beast, and uh, anyway, it, it sounds pretty interesting, but I'm like, again, what? I got to learn these rules myself and play them? I don't know how I feel about that. So. Yeah, so one of the games they had on Tabletopia was last Friday, which I played a few times, but I, I haven't got enough games of it in. Uh-huh. And I just I just thought, oh, that'd be kind of cool to play it you know, digitally where you know I could just play it over the course of several days with somebody who takes their turns. And it's right. a movement game you know, where you play either the murderer or the slasher murderer or the... the teens in the summer camp man and imagine having something else adjudicate the rules in a hidden movement game oh yeah i mean that That would be be freaking heaven yeah well apparently it doesn't exist nope so the big news in the gaming industry is games workshop just announced they've they've been previewing obviously the launch of 10th edition but they didn't have a price point on the box set when it was going to go on pre-sale, when it was going to release, how how bad uh, scarcity was going to be on it, stuff like that. And we found out all that information. Um, and and I'll, I'll do a, a brief rant session on this. Mm, yes, <laughs> tell me more. So f- first off, I'll go over like the way that a pre-sale normally works with Games Workshop. And to be clear, this is this is a process that happens. Every week, because Games Workshop has new releases, multiple new releases, every week. And so, on Sunday night, they will 
put previews up on the Warhammer community page. And then Monday morning we'll roll around and they'll send out an email to retailers with uh, information about the product details. And then on the following Saturday, the item item can go up for pre-sale on uh, in a store or on a website or whatever on, on the Games Workshop website. Then I will place my order for the item on the following Monday. I'll pay for the item items that day, and then they'll ship to me, and I'll have them usually on Thursday or Friday before they release the following Saturday. So it's basically a roughly a two-week window where that whole ecosystem happens. Um, and this one was a little bit different. Um, I knew last week my, my sales rep said that he was getting training on, um, well, all of the sales reps were, were getting training on a topic. They hadn't been told what the topic was, but his expectation was that it would be on the new Leviathan box set. So the, he does his orientation. I'm like, Hey, have any info for us? He's like, Nope, I can't, uh, give you any info and I can't tell you, you know, when I can talk about it either. <laughs> um, and so then, you know, this, uh, last Sunday night, they, they did the preview of the Leviathan box set where they, you know, gave product details on it. And on Monday of this week, they, uh, sent out emails with product info and said they would be doing calls to get numbers. And, and this is, and like, I understand this is a big logistical out task for them. And so the process is spread out um, a, a little bit longer. They, so they gave us the info on um, Monday, March 5th, pre-sales are going to happen on this Saturday, the 10th. And then the launch is two weeks after that on the 24th. And so on Monday, my sales rep calls me and he's like, how many boxes do you want? This is going to be a one and done item. And, you know, basically whatever you order now is all you're going to get. And, you know, I'm like, well, and I asked him, like, when am I going to have to pay for this? When's it going to ship, et cetera? And he's like, well, the, the goal is that we're going to have it shipped to you. Uh, or arrive on the 21st so at least at least by the 21st so three days before the launch um but he's like I, you know i don't know when it's going to ship i don't know when you're going to have to pay etc and in my mind i'm thinking you know i will you know this is two weeks out i'll do my pre-sales over the weekend and then i'll pay on the 12th and you know, so I put in my order for a very large number of boxes with my sales rep, and then I get immediately contacted by the credit department. And they're like, okay, you need to uh, pay for all of this product right now. And if you don't, we can't guarantee that, you know, this inventory is not going to be claimed by some other retailer. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, before cars went crazy, this would have been like an amount of money that uh, could have bought a pretty nice luxury car. It still can buy a pretty nice car. Um, and, and literally games workshop gave me like zero warning on, you know, how much 
the product was going to cost, when I would need to pay, uh, whether or not there were, you know, there's, there's a reality where they would have told me you can, you know, you're capped at buying 20, 50 of these boxes. And, you know, at that point it's like, okay, cool. Uh, you know, process my payment, <laughs> but it was essentially, uh, an uncapped release. And it was just kind of a race for people to get their numbers in. Um, but it was now I want to know how your numbers compare to like other people in the world. I know you can't actually know that, but yeah, I don't, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I am yeah. pretty curious. Uh, yeah, but that was, that was, it was, it was definitely a very stressful 24 hours, uh, trying to figure out how exactly I was going to <laughs> get them the money in the window that because they, like they wouldn't you even still have two kidneys jay i mean i just want to make sure that you know of okay. <laughs> yes <laughs> good 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 um yeah i mean i was like hey you know, like can i have any time to transfer some money or whatever and they're like no you really need to pay this now that's <laughs> crazy dude <laughs> but the the good news is that it's paid it should be shipping to me soon the 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 pre-sales go live you know, this weekend, um, and get your, get your box ordered. Uh, all of the, all of the 40 K fanboys are kind of, uh, champing at the bit. And it's, it's probably the most anticipated release I have ever had with the games workshop product. Is it the most anticipated release that you've had with a product ever? Probably it, it, my expectation, my expectation is that, uh, Saturday will probably be the biggest day of sales ever at Discount Games Inc. That is kind of cool, actually. But yeah, I mean, yes, it's it's great if everything works out. This is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like there's uh, many uh, ways in which the, wheels... the ways in which it could go wrong. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Well, like you don't like you don't even physically have the thing right now or the things, right? Like, I mean, honestly, the first way in which it could it, go, it would be kind of uh, um, an issue if we had the things right now. Oh, uh-huh. because there's so many of them and it's going to take up so much space that where exactly would we put these? Because it's not like we could turn around and ship them right away. We would just have to figure out some place to store them for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so that part is actually, um, good, but no, I mean, literally, you know, yesterday they, they were like, okay, you know, here's your crazy bill. Uh, no, it has not uh, today. I, I fully paid the bill. The boxes have not yet fully materialized, uh, in that space of time in Idaho. No. <laughs> um, but, I, it did, there's, there was a long period of time. We, we've had a long stretch where, you know, re restocks have been kind of crappy and so have new releases caps. And it definitely seems like they've been putting a lot of their production into, uh, yeah, you know, everything going into making enough box sets to this for release. So, all right, well, we're going to move on and we're going to grade Spider-Man two across the Spider-Verse. Yes, we are. Is, is Trevor still here? Oh yeah, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm, 
I, so, I'm just going to start out this conversation by saying I've bonded heavily with my new son-in-law over this movie. Oh, yeah. What did – how so? Why? We both had very similar reactions where we were like, what? We have to wait until – is it 2020? Is it only 2024 that the third one's yes. coming out? Yeah. I Mar- mean, March, March 2024. Allegedly. Less I, I than a year. I got If it. you like I, – I don't know, man. I, there's, I don't think there's any scenario where – it releases on time, but you don't anyway, think so? No, no way. Oh yeah, I think it'll absolutely release on time. I think it's I think it's probably mostly done at this point. I assuming that really, done, yeah, that they did them at the same time both. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it's done, but also this this movie had extensive delays as well. But how much of that was uh, was COVID based stuff, Jay? I don't know. Like for being for real. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it feels like you should be able to do animation on a computer during a pandemic, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I so I I listened to another uh, podcast um, that was giving their review of the okay. movie, uh-huh. and and they had three people on the podcast. One person is a, a movie nerd who. You know, he fell in love because of like Martin Scorsese movies, and okay, yeah, yeah, and and that's this that's is what an erudite uh, movie. Yeah, that's that's why he that. loves movies, and and the third, the second person, he's he's was kind of the special guest of the show. Um, he's the geek movie specialist, and then okay. the 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 third person was female and and you know she's a, a movie buff but more into like rom-coms and stuff like that and so they had a a pretty good spread of of people and uh, the the thing that was funny t- to me about <laughs> about the whole situation was that both of the the males they had they recounted these experiences of like having a lot of existential angst with their career of late because they would be like you know i i go watch these movies and and the the geek was like you know i i i'll, I'll come home from a an mcu or a dcu movie and my w- wife will ask me what i think and i just go on a 20 minute rant about you know everything i i think is wrong with hollywood and, and movies right now i mean if he's going to dcu movies i you know i understand yeah exactly <laughs> and and then uh you know then they go to this movie and both of them are like it's it's all worth it the power of movies are back and <laughs> that's funny oh, that's good and, and, i mean one of my other initial reactions is that uh marvel has seriously got its work cut out for it to tell a multiversal story now why do you say that i just feel like this movie absolutely raised the bar on telling of course i haven't seen um everything everywhere all at once which is probably the gold standard for multiversal stories now right no no it is not really oh no that that is that is not the point of that movie i realize that it is part of the movie but that's not the point that is frequently how i I could be wrong jay jay should weigh in but i don't think that the part of it is really the point no, yeah, I would, I would probably agree that that's the case. It's, it's more of a device to explore. Yeah, I agree. Um, Relationships, topics, topics about family, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, that's fair. I anyway, mean, 
So uh, whatever. For, I'm just saying, like, compared to the Kang off. Dynasty and the way that's going, I mean, I, like, I don't even. Holy guacamole! I don't even know what they're going to do with that, anyways. With I mean, with the current um, situation and stuff that's going on with Jonathan Majors, so you know, it's yeah. It's, it's not an envious position to be in. <laughs> yeah, well said, well said. I so I guess a couple couple of I, I have a, a quick thought and then I have a question for you too. Um, you know, I, I kind of purposefully avoided a lot of media about this movie because I just kind of wanted to go into it fresh. Um, I did, however, hear or read an, an interview with one of the creators of this movie. Mm-hmm. where he said that, you know, they really wanted this movie to be kind of their Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah, okay. And I heard that, and part of me was like, oh, no, this is, like, I don't want to be hearing this because every time someone says that they're going to be the next Empire Strikes Back, it's it's just awful in comparison. Uh-huh. Um, but I... I mean, I honestly felt like this was one of the rare instances where mission accomplished that, that comparison. Yeah. The, it was kind of mission accomplished. Yes. Um, so that was, that was kind of my, my quick thought that I had to, to throw out about it. Um, but the question I had for you guys was do which, which I didn't think that there was any way that they were going to make a movie that was as good as the first movie. Okay. And, I think that, uh, and so I want I I want to ask you too. Do you think the first movie or the second movie is better? Uh, the first. The yeah, first, I, absolutely. Yeah, I agree that the first is better, but I don't think this is a fair um, question at this point. Yeah. Since, since the this is really uh, half of half of a movie in a lot of yeah. ways. Yes. yes. Right. Right. So and, if, and even if it's not half of a movie, it still has unresolved. Um, plot points that are directly going to be addressed in the, the second part of it. Right. And I, so it's difficult for me to compare when I don't have the full story. Well, uh, and let me also say like one of the things that I feel like the first one did much better is the music. Mm, yeah, I agree. Mm, I didn't necessarily feel that way, but could uh, go on, I guess. I mean, they just didn't, like I was singing the soundtrack from um, Into the Spider Verse probably more than I sang Peaches, Peaches, Peaches after watching the Mario movie. Like, you know, uh, What's Up Danger, Sunflower. Like, it just had incredible songs that were so well tied in the plot. And for me, all that Into the Spider Verse or Across the Spider Verse had was a background soundtrack. So I need to rewatch this current movie that we're talking about before I fully lean into this comment. But my initial reaction was that I also felt like the initial, the first movie did a better job of portraying a comic taken to the medium of a movie. movie yeah. Then this well, one did. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Th- th- well, I mean, the thing is, is like what they, what they gave up in like music and such, they, um, how do I want to say this? They recovered in art style, right? Cause they tried, right. that was, cause that was part of what be... was cool about the multiverse was go ahead, Jay. I, what I was going to continue 
on what you were thinking, Josh, I guess, is that the, the next question I was going to ask was that, okay, so the, the soundtrack uh, you guys felt was better. Um, I probably would have, and this is, this is all very tough because there's so much recency bias going on. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I definitely remember coming out of the first Spider-Verse movie and being very impressed with what Trevor said that, uh, you know, it felt like it was a comic book that had been distilled onto the screen and that the, the art of it was spoke so much of um, comics. And I went into this movie thinking, you know, there's no way that the art of the, the visual graphics of this movie are going to be comparable or live up to the first movie. And I think that there's a lot of ways that I think they surpassed it. Um, I, yeah, I don't agree. I, I do think that they did some really great things yeah. art style wise. Um, I do think that it does some, especially when you go between um, Gwen and Miles, you get a very different art style and that's cool and all. I just don't think it did quite as good a job at taking the comic book medium to the big screen. And, and I don't know that they could necessarily just rehash do the same things they did before. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I, I do think they had to, to take it to a different direction. Well, that, did, I mean, that's what did a great job. With doing yeah. That. That, I think it was an admirable evolution for the second movie, right? Like in no way did they surpass it. Like Jay's saying, so I'll disagree with you. That they surpassed Jay, but they, at least they were in the parking lot. You know what I mean? They, they, they didn't quite equal it, but it was, I mean, for a sequel, especially like it, it yeah, was there's so many sequels. Very well done. Come up short. Yeah. Of the original, or as as you said, Josh, are not even really a worthy uh, successor. Right. Right. Um, and and yeah, you know, I, I guess a lot of it is I I did really enjoy the different art styles in each of the different dimensions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I I am probably grading really. Or, or complimenting really heavily on that aspect of it. Did you guys see the part of the news story? There, there's a brief minor spoiler here. At, at, there's one peek at like a Lego multi, yeah, you yeah. know, multiverse, yeah. and apparently that was animated by like a 15 year old kid. Yeah, I'd, I think like, I'd see that. Yeah, that was that's like just fascinating. Stuff. That's almost to me like the Gran Turismo thing, you know? Well, I think that he had. I think what I had read on that was that. Um, he had actually, he had done, he had recreated like scenes, the trailer, he had, he recreated the trailer of the, trailer. I think, the original movie. Okay. With Legos. Yeah. And, and then, they were like, hey, and it was just like, like a, a fan work of art. And yeah. So then yeah. they you know, hired him to, to do that for the movie, which, you know, obviously that's super cool. Yeah. I, I love those kind of stories. So I, I guess I'm a sucker for that crap. Um, do, are we ready to, um, put on the, the spoiler tag and, and talk about anything spoilery ish. Uh, I think we definitely have to, I don't know how you could ever discuss this movie without it being spoilery for the record. Okay. So what, what spoilery topics do you wish to dive into Josh? Uh, first of all, I want to know how many of the spider people you actually each knew or recognized. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm just darkly curious. Uh, very few of them. Okay. Trevor. Um, I mean, I'm not really a spoiler. Outside of the movie. What do you guys hate? Does you like hate Spider-Man the way you hate Batman? 
no, I don't. I don't hate Spider Man. I just I've never really read any of the comics. Oh, you are like you're, you're shattering my you're blowing my mind right here. I I I just I don't have any connection to the com- comics. I, I I did I I did love you know when they're in the um the dimension with with all of the many Spider Men there and they're he's walking past the uh, the Spider Man that's like leaning against the pillar crying <laughs> and uh, just stuff like that I thought was super amusing in in the movie. Are, are so. I mean, you are a person who's read more Spider-Man comics than the rest of us. How many did you read? Oh, like five. Yeah. And, they, and that's what's are, crazy to me. is like they went so deep. Well, here I will say, like, I read I read a run of, of Spider-Man comics one time that probably deeply informs um, this plot line, right? Like, it's got the whole, like, you know, it's webs that tie the multiverses together and it's the spider people that can go along the webs really well. And, and weirdly at the center of the webs in that particular, uh, run of comics is basically like the, the Morbius empire. Right. Okay. Anyway, it it was pretty trippy. And so there's probably, there's probably, but like, I really only recognize the ones you'd expect me to recognize, you know, like, um, Miguel obviously and, and, and spider Gwen and like, um, I mean, like, I, I didn't even recognize, like, the digital spider lady. What's her name? Spider Bite, I think. And, like, I, I didn't recognize the guy that had the kind of Doc Ock suit on his back. And, uh, yeah, so there's still a lot. There's a ton I didn't recognize. But it's it's just, like, every one of those I think you could go find a comic run for and, and probably have a pretty enjoyable, you know, few days of reading. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the truth is, is my interest in marvel comics it went away in the 90s like i really haven't read anything modern for a really long time interesting okay like i've i've moved to you know more image style stuff and and or short run style stuff where you can just sit down and read the entire storyline i mean if somebody said you should read this storyline and it was encapsulated in a way that you could just sit down and read it. One of the things that's dr- that, that really took me away from both Marvel and DC, especially during the nineties. And I, I'm a, I don't know if it's still that way, but during the nineties, they really leaned heavily into these storylines that would cross over into other comics. So like the house of M for example, or in the civil war um, stuff, it, you would had, you had to buy like, all of these different comics from all these different lines to get the entire story. That was a major, that was a major turnoff for me. I'm like, I don't want to have to chase all this crap down. No, I'm with you, Trevor. Like that took me away from comics altogether. Cause I was like, I can't keep up with this. Like I, you know, no, it was awful. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just go and read the comic lines from image. I'll go read these other comic lines where I'll, where I know, you know what the next issue I need to read is. It's the next one in the series. I don't have to skip through all these different, you know, character versions and comics to, to try to keep up. So, um, I mean, they really did themselves a disservice and I realized that they were really playing to their core audience, but for the rest of us who, um, didn't follow, you know, we who read a single character or a cared more about a single character. Those, all those crossover comics just really turned us off. And so I went away from Marvel and DC at that time, and I just never really came back. 
I, you know, I've, I've read Marvel and DC comics since, but they've been mostly stuff that was recommended to me or that, mm-hmm. or that was very unique to a specific character and didn't really, you know, wasn't their more mainstream style characters. So, you know, if, if you want me to read a, a Spider-Man series, you're going to really have to say, you know, these are the issues you need to read and this is the order you need to read them in. And, and, and it, it, it really needs to, I don't need the little box in the corner that says, see, you know, issue, whatever, because if that pops up too often, I'm, yeah. I'm checking, <laughs> I'm checking out. You're out, baby. Yeah. Uh, I do want to now briefly ask about the Donald Glover cameo. Okay. And what does it, what do you, do you think it really means what it, I think it means for the MCU or is it just like a throwaway cameo? Um, I mean, I, I guess I don't know what you're saying because we already knew that he was that character in the MCU. Did we know that he was the Prowler in the MCU? Technically, he wasn't the Prowler yet per se. I mean, but he was the same character as he's he was Miles's cousin or uncle. Uncle, in, yeah, yeah. In in the MCU, I don't think the, I knew that. I don't think I had made that connection. So. Oh, it was yeah. definitely, I, it was definitely out there. Like, okay, th- th- it was known that that the scene where um uh. Uh, Peter, Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. yeah, runs into him and and sticks him to the trunk or whatever. That it was known that that's who he was. What whether or not we knew that he was going to ever come back or whether he will actually ever come back as the actual Prowler in the MCU, I don't think we still know that. But we knew that he was. Um, I can't even think of the guy's name. Uncle Sorry. Aaron. Yeah. Uncle Aaron. Yeah, but we knew I, he was Uncle Aaron. Okay. To this time, I had not realized that because it means that theoretically the MCU has a, a Miles Morales. Which I mean, there's no reason that it shouldn't have, right? But to me, that's Correct. what it means. Is, am I wrong to to be thinking about it that way? I don't think so. I mean, the truth. Uh, is, I mean, it it just means that they well it means that they like money. No, Sony it, Sony still has control of those characters, right? So. It means they would have to negotiate something with with Sony. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So Sony can put whatever they want because they're in control of it. Right. Okay. So so related question. Um, and you're you're. What? familiar josh with like some of the history of um donald glover and and spider-man and miles morales uh i don't think i am should i be um he plays miles morales in the cartoon he's the voice of miles did okay. you did you not know that i don't think i've seen the cartoon that has miles in it yeah it was disney xd's ultimate spider-man in 2014 okay um and he also there, there's like uh, stuff like in the community, he wore uh, Spider-Man pajamas. Okay. Um, which was evidently an inspiration for the creation of Miles. All right. So there's a lot of history there then. Yeah. Anyways, That's, what were you going good. to ask? Mm, uh, you have to come back to me because I feel like I forgot now. Okay. Um, Trevor, do you have anything you want to go over before we get to grading? Uh. I don't know. So I do have to ask you guys, um, what have you seen from your circle of friends um, besides those of us on the podcast? I, I, I was actually, so I, I enjoyed it and I don't want to get too deep in down that rabbit hole before we grade, but um, I was actually surprised at how many of my friends didn't enjoy it. Oh, interesting. No, that has not been my experience thus far. Like, okay. Yeah, ba- oh. well, 
I most of I I haven't talked with many people um, that I would consider like real life close friends. Okay. That have watched it. Um, the the people that I went with, um, they we all enjoyed it a lot. I am I am in a fairly big Disneyland Discord group. Uh huh. And one of their channels is movies. And I mean, I guess it's not super surprising that a Disneyland group would love this movie, but it's been like uh, universal love of huh. Interesting. the movie in that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I have to wonder how much of the, the, the vocal minority that I've seen that did disliked it, disliked it because of the cliffhanger uh, nature, uh, nature. Both of, of the, yeah, both the, of the of people that I went to the movie with were unaware that it was going to have a cliffhanger. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, there, I think that there's actually a my larger, family too. Yeah. I think there's a larger group of that than maybe we realized that didn't realize that it was a two part. And, yeah. and when it ended on such a massive um, kind of cliffhanger, they were incensed. <laughs> yeah. My, I didn't bury my head in the sand so much on this one that I, I was unaware of that, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's here's the question I forgot. Like, uh, this is maybe a bonus grading topic. I am curious how you guys grade the Prowler as a villain in of all superhero dumb, I guess. Uh, that's a tough one for me because <laughs> I, I I think he's pretty mediocre. Uh, Jay, I, I, I'm going to save my answer till after I hear all of yours. Um, so I guess my answer would be that there isn't anything that I find super noteworthy about him as far as like his powers or his menace to the world or stuff like that. Um, but I do, um, I, I think that they do a good job of making me interested or care about him as a villain because of the connection. Because, because yeah, because this, this movie does a really good job of, making you feel connected to the characters or what they're feeling or stuff like that. And so I, I care more about the Prowler because Miles cares so much about the Prowler. All right. Wow. Jay, Jay is the most forgiving of the hosts. Yeah. I just found the, I find the Prowler so boring. (laughs) (laughs) And, And maybe it's that I'm like dissociating uncle Aaron from the Prowler. Right. Cause I, everything that you've said jay i'm like oh okay but that's just uncle aaron right but like so i think you make some good points there but oh man i just some like and i did so i'm let's in in a similar vein ish i guess um you know the i don't think that you could call the spot a b-tier villain he's he's probably you know d or e list oh yeah he was a z-lister before this movie yeah, um, but you know, I I felt like he was super effective. Um, did uh, I mean? Would you do you guys agree with that? Uh, um, I mean, I guess part of what this was is one of those. Go this ahead. Is, this is one of those questions where you're you're gonna have to come back and ask me again when the next movie comes out. <laughs> I mean, you're reserving judgment, huh? Yeah, I well, did. I did. Thing. Uh, that the voice actor that they cast for Spot, like I am contractually obligated to just absolutely love that no matter what. So that's that's fair. I I like I like him and I like his work. Um, yeah. But it I don't I don't know. I mean I guess um, 
it did and and it'll be like trevor said a lot of this is going to depend on execution but i did think that it worked well them you know having kind of the recurring theme or joke or whatever about like you know i'm not just the villain of the week i'm right uh you know wreck your life (laughs) so all right let's 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 grade all right first category is design so uh is there any reason can you give me any valid argument why this isn't a 10 yes the music like that's that is my 100 percent answer like and like i give high marks for plot i give incredible high marks for art missed the boat on music i don't i wouldn't say missed the boat i think that's probably a little too harsh missed opportunity then I, I will say that it's not as good as it could have been. Fair enough. But that's that's why it's a nine for me. So you're, you're 10, Jay, though. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No ifs, ands, you, you, you have not persuaded me. <laughs> <laughs> well, won't be the first time. <laughs> what about you, Trevor? Um, yeah, I'm. I, this is really hard for me, honestly, because um, I, I, I've said it before on the show, but I feel like I need to see something multiple times to really be yeah. able to to give it the full value. And I think this, especially with really good movies, like there's a lot of nuance to them and it's hard to, it's hard to catch all that nuance on just a single review. So, um, but I'm, I'm going to go nine here. I, I do agree with J- Josh. I wish that the, the music was as good as it was in the first one. Uh, time management. So I will actually give it a 10. Uh, and my reason is ridiculous, but I will share it with you. We went and watched this on quote unquote opening night, I guess, the first Thursday that it was available in our town. And we went to a 9 p.m. showing. And I took. And you didn't fall asleep? I didn't fall asleep. My wife didn't fall asleep. <laughs> like, she went with us and was engaged in the movie the whole time. And one thing we didn't talk about that I should just touch on briefly. I probably should have touched on it in, in design. Uh, and actually maybe I'll go back up and change my score to a 10. One of the things that I think this movie did so incredibly well it, it, and what I connected with it so much is kind of similar to a quiet place. Like this thing told the story of the quiet frustration of being a parent. Like, uh, I loved so many of the scenes with his mom and dad, you know, and well, and even the scene with with Gwen's dad, you know, I mean, just like incredible. So um, anyway, but I, I just I felt I found the movie to just be engaging the whole freaking time. So I think the the only potential argument for this not being a 10 is, I mean, I guess if the target audience is me, Josh and Trevor, then I think. It's a mission accomplished. Yes. (laughs) If for time management again. Yes, correct. If, if the target audience is, was meant to be a lot younger and I, and I don't know if it was intended that, but if this isn't intended to be a kid's movie, then two hours and 20 minutes is kind of a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I I loved it. I don't think it was intended to be a kid's movie. Right. So, I mean, I think it was intended. I mean, I think it was intended to at least include children. And I, I don't necessarily agree though that it it doesn't work for everyone probably age ten and up. While it might be a little long for somebody younger than that, my eleven year old had absolutely no issues with it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and one of the things that I think is probably the biggest argument for why it's does time management so well is that um, when the movie ended and um, the the cliffhanger was there, I was actually um, caught off guard that the movie was over. Not not because I didn't realize there was going to be a second movie. I totally knew there was going to be two. Mm-hmm. I was caught caught off guard because I didn't realize it had been two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I th- I thought we had at least you know another thirty minutes to go, and all of a sudden the movie's over, and I was like, oh, geez. Like I I really lost myself in the time, which to me that's why it's does such a great job. Is like I just it it could have kept going, and I wouldn't have even realized that we had passed the two hour mark. So, you know, I I think that this is one of its strengths. Uh, Next category, repeatability. Um, This is a this might be a 10. I'm going to say it's a nine. And here's why I will not watch this on repeat as many times as I watched the first one. But the first one might be one of the movies I have rewatched the most times and still would another dozen happily. Like so you're currently up to like three watches. Uh, no well that's what's crazy i bet i bet i i bet i've rewatched the original 10 times oh wow yeah yeah i've seen it more than that um but for you that's very impressive yeah yeah that's like somebody else watching a movie a hundred times basically right like so <laughs> but anyway I, I, that's why i say again the cross spider-verse doesn't quite get there i should probably start taking trevor's position and saying like oh after I see the third one, I might, you know, I might change my mind or whatever. But like, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to watching it again. So your scores, gentlemen, on repeatability. Um, you know, one of my first thoughts after watching this movie was that I wish that I owned it on streaming right now so that I could watch it a bunch of times. Yeah, and just like examine it. Yes. Yeah, I um, actually felt the exact same way. I was di- I'm kind of disappointed that I couldn't go rewatch it. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll go with him. Trevor. Um, so I agree with Josh. I will probably not rewatch this as many times as I've watched the original. Um, and I don't think there's any amount of time that will change that. I, I just don't. I think that if, especially where it's going to be a two part thing, like in the future, if, if I'm going to sit down and just watch a quick movie, it won't be this one. It'll be the original. So it's probably only like an eight. But I I expect I will rewatch this one quite a bit. Uh, all right, fun. A ten out of ten on fun for me, absolutely. Um, and as a bonus question, I want to know who your favorite other Spider person was in the movie. I'm deeply curious. Um, I mean, it kind of has to be Spider Punk, doesn't it? <laughs> Hobie. Uh, so that's not my answer. You make a pretty strong argument for Jess. Jay. Jess, or spider Jess. horse. Jess is the pregnant spider woman. Oh. No, um, no, no, no. Spider punk way better. <laughs> so I don't the Bollywood one, I don't I don't know his name. I apologize. Oh yeah, I do he like was, that one. He is my favorite. Show. He is awesome. Yeah, he is okay. totally awesome. That's a great acceptable answer. answer. Yes. Acceptable answer is acceptable. Uh okay, so sorry. My I was a ten on fun. You guys where you at on fun? Yeah, ten. Um yeah, the movie's a lot of fun. I I we laughed a lot. I really enjoyed it. You know, ten. Uh, overall, uh, man, I want to like, whatever. I'm me. I'm giving it a ten. I want to say a nine again, just because I felt just that tiny bit of letdown 
on the music again, but I've harped on that enough that I'm I'm sticking. I'm going ten. <laughs> ten overall. I will as well. Yeah, I mean, I would love to to knock it down a little bit, but I'm not going to because um, there's so few movies that are just as good as this one is, and so why? why? You know, it's it's a ten. There's no reason to. the The first one's a ten too, and it's one's not as good as the first one, but it's still in the top small percentage of movies that are fantastic. Yeah. Um, comments on the audience? I mean, it does feel like it's an every person kind of flick. Um, Brian was glad he didn't go to watch it when he found out it had a cliffhanger. So it's like, I'll, I'll just watch it when the next one's out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's fair. So people who don't like cliffhangers, beware. And a go, no go, obviously a complete go from yours truly. I am curious. Uh, my perpetual question, did, did you feel that the theater enhanced the movie going experience very much on this show not very much but i am glad i saw it in the theater yeah i think i kind of felt similarly where i was glad i saw it once in the theater but i'm fine with doing a bunch of repeat viewings on my television yeah yeah did you have any thoughts on that trevor um so i took my entire family and it's the type of experience that's you know you're no one's going to remember watching this movie at home, you know, mm-hmm. as a family, as a family going out and seeing it in the theater together. It is becomes a memorable experience that I, yeah, I, I, I'm willing to take, especially this type of movie. Uh, I'm willing to pay the extra money to see it. in. Mike, that's well said. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there. And you guys let us know what you guys thought of this movie and, and I guess all the ways that we graded it incorrectly. And which spider people we missed out on giving appropriate honorable mention to. Like Spider-Cat, for example. Oh, good kitty. 